Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, he does get the footy now. Drives it down towards half forward. Laverde flies and takes them. And that's it. What a that's the ball. one for Brad Scott and his new men. Essendon take the prize scalp of Melbourne. They go to four and one of the season. And Anzac Day awaits. And that is going to be a lofty encounter. The Bombers prevail in gather round by 27 points. To win the premiership Change by eight points at quarter time, 17 at the half, 36 at three quarter time, and 27 at the close. Essendon 15 14, 104, defeat Melbourne 11 11, 77. For the winners, Draper booted three. There was two for Langford, Hind, Phillips, and Martin. With singles to Snelling, Perkins, Jones, and Stringer. For Melbourne, two to Fritch, two to Pickett. With singles to Van Ruin, or Van Royen, Petrarca, Jordan, Neil Bullen. And Chandler, the Bombers, by 27. Such an impressive win by Essendon. Particularly in the first half, you just sense that every time they got out to a bit of a lead that they were always going to be reeled in, that the, the big guns of Melbourne would find their stride, that they'd get the job done and they'd find a way to get back in front. But as the third quarter unfolded and it was a goal after another goal and Melbourne didn't kick a goal in the third quarter, the belief, you could see it start to grow from the Bombers, and they just had a really even performance. We'll talk about best players later on, but it'd be hard to pick them because oh, at yeah. different stages, yeah. you know, Redmond was quiet for the first half, had a cracking second half, Draper was good in the first half, Phillips was solid in the first quarter, then came back and was really good in the last. Their on-ballers were all pretty even across the board, Merritt, Parrish, and Shield. So, yeah, they, they just got a much more even contribution than what we can say about the Melbourne Football Club. I reckon they're going to really enjoy when they review these picks and in terms of enforcing in the minds of these Essendon players what we're trying to do. I imagine Brad Scott and his team are going to look at those two phases in the middle of the first and second quarters when Melbourne kicked three goals in a row, Pickett Fridge Fridge, and then Essendon answered with the next three. Then early in the second quarter, Melchon Van Roy and Pickett again kicked three in a row to take a nine-point lead. And then the way Essendon stopped that and hit back was... Profound, and uh, uh, it's it's this is exactly what Essendon hasn't been able to do in recent years: stop the run on, turn it around, and, and reclaim the initiative. But they did it twice today. Yep, and they'll be delighted with that, I reckon. And when you look at it, it wasn't through sheer brilliance; no. it was just slowing, locking the game down. They they got it inside their forward fifty, and they said, you know what, we're gonna if we get it in there, we can we can compete in there strongly. We'll get our defence set up behind it. And then it was blokes like Phillips took a mark. Then there was another one where they competed strongly, made sure they, didn't, they weren't outmarked, and they won the ball on the ground, and Draper kicks a goal. Langford was involved down there a couple of times. So, 
you know, it was it's not something that you're saying was out of the ordinary no, that was able no. to stop it. It was just being organised, and, and I was really impressed. The first time I've seen Essendon live uh, this year, but just their structure behind the footy, they always looked organised. They had, you know, had the deepest player pretty much all day in their defence. They didn't have to load up their defence to help out. You know, we talked about a lot of the time when they picked up and went forward, they had even numbers ahead of the ball, so they could feel really confident if they were under pressure, kicking it forward, knowing they were going to get a contest. So I really liked the way that, that Brad Scott set his team up and the way that they executed that plan because it allowed them to, to not be pretty, and particularly when the conditions really arrived and it, and it got heavy and slippery, that, that made it even better for them. And the only way Melbourne could get back was to try and dare and take the game on, but it just wasn't to be with these conditions. It was very, very hard to do anything really well. And they're building a stage for tonight's performance. I wonder who the unlucky acts is <laughs> and whether that really is a good idea. Should be peaking duck packets. <laughs> duck weather. Jared. Oh, I'm racking That's my brain to try and think of someone else. It's going to be very slippery. It's the Veronicans. <laughs> Their makeup really? will be running. Yeah, it's on the screen. Their pre-game no, show they, is the they Veronicans. They can't be asked to go and perform at in these conditions. They well, have to find them a little bit of coverage somewhere. Right. Put them in a room and put them on the scoreboard. <laughs> you just play, just play a couple of their That's video unsafe. clips. <laughs> the yeah, well, hopefully they're not dancing around on that stage because it'll be pretty slippery. So the, the defensive setup they've got, uh, Laverde, Ridley, Zerk, Thatcher, and Kelly. Yep. Um, so the personnel's not different, but the method is visibly different. Yeah, Heppel's back there as well. You know, Jake Kelly's been around a long time now and been involved in some successful defences. You know, was there around Adelaide in, in, when Adelaide were a good team and played in the grand final in 2017. But it's, it's, it's all contingent on what happens ahead of the footy. If you're getting great pressure around the footy and it's a it's a haphazard kick forward, it just gives you so much chance. You know, you're not worried about your player leading up and getting beautiful delivery. And, and you know, if you can... Uh, if Melbourne push an extra player up and, and Essendon have got an extra player, you know you just got to bring it to ground and the numbers advantage is going to win for you. So and that's what I liked about what we saw from the Bombers around the footy today. You know, pound for pound, you know, they're not Oliver, they're not Petrarca and they're not Viney. But all those guys, Merritt, who, you know, we talked about late last year, there was a lot of talk around him getting a lot of footy, but it was a lot of footy for Zach, not so much for the Essendon Footy Club. He was selfless in a lot of the stuff no, he did today. His pressure, his smothering. So that, you know, the, the responsibility and the awareness to say, you know, I might have to change the way I play slightly if I'm going to be a part of this setup going forward under Brad Scott. That's, that looked really solid for mine. Parrish was really good as well. Uh, you mentioned Setterfield. He's got a bigger body. Uh, you, you get this sense that he doesn't mind, you know, getting the fingernails dirty, getting a bit of dirt under them and, and going up against the, the best opposition midfielder. So they've got a nice balance there now because you know Dylan Shield's going to run off and yep. receive handballs and get forward. So they've got some bigger bodies. They've got some guys who get it on the outside. They've got some guys who really fight on the inside. Will Snelling's another one. He's diminutive in size, but his ability to get after the footy in the opposition. We saw him smother and tackle and do all those hard things that uh, that he enjoys doing. Unsurprisingly, the stage has been dismantled. Well done, Jerry. Nice <laughs> work. I think I heard you. you. Yeah, they can't have well done, live yeah. electricity in no. no, it's not. It's good. not a great mix, is it? No, no, it's, it's not good. <laughs> um, they were just doing what the rundown told them. Yes, yes. <laughs> get it off. Fifteen, fourteen, one, oh, four, Essendon over Melbourne, 11-11-77. <laughs> We'll have the celebrations for Tobin Brothers' funerals, celebrating lives every day of the year from down in the rooms. Mark Bickley is our expert 
for local expert, a job well done. And it's Fox have got a live stage here that's got a canvas roof and the, the rain is getting, um, it's actually sagging the roof down. They've, They've got, got an umbrella under the canvas. The trouble is if it opens up. Oh I hope I'm watching if it opens up. Apparently Best on Ground's uh, couch cost about $475,000. Eddie Betts is sitting on it at the moment with an umbrella over his head. He's got a drip on his head. Oh, it's it's just extraordinary stuff. Uh, what of Melbourne? So they lost to Brisbane at the Gabba. They've lost... So they got beaten in the dry and in the wet. Yeah. I reckon that's really significant out of this game because there would be the tendency to go, oh, well, did the game change? Now, Essendon, they had the better of the first quarter and once they balanced up and absorbed those goals, they pushed away by half-time and then they dominated the third quarter when the rain really hit. So they played the conditions of both better, which had them as the, the better team today. They miss Lever chronically. They yes, do. And, so, yeah. and that's the yeah. thing for me is is their game is set up so much by the intercept mark and the rebound, and they just weren't able to get that. We, we mentioned early on that um, Stephen May wasn't in a lot of contests early, and I think that maybe that was tactically from Brad Scott, whether they say, you know, if we, we're not, we don't want to kick it to Stephen May, and we've got two other big guys up there, the resting Ruckman are there. Let's see if we can, you know, give them an opportunity to create the contest in the air, and we'll get some numbers underneath them. So if it was a tactic from, from Brad Scott, it was a good one, because May really had very little influence on the game. And Harrison Petty ended up, second half in particular, was very good before he went forward. So he was left to do that role, but he's generally a, a nice stopper. He's not that sort of creative intercept player like May and, and Lever can be, and they missed that tonight. How much longer until Max Gorn's back? How many, how many more weeks are they uh, without him? A couple. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's media was four to six, they said. I think it happened in round two, somewhere yeah, around there. They so. just moved him a little up the order this week. Yeah. It moved sort of from four to two. Okay. So, so Gorn, Gorn and Lever change everything, don't they? They, they, they do. They, yeah. And... and Grundy's an interesting proposition, isn't he? I remember we had that year at Collingwood, and he was one of the more dominant players in the competition. He's not that anymore. We saw glimpses tonight where he ran and bounced, but even the decision-making around that, he yeah. really didn't work that out as, as well as he should. But in terms of what we see from some of the Premier Ruckman, the contested marking, uh, the ability to, to give you, uh, your midfielder's first look, I reckon the big Essendon tools did a really good job, yeah. and, and he... Really hasn't. He, I know he was asked to do it all on his own, and it was a you know a taxing night for him against two players. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, what that looks like when it comes back as well. We, we talked about how they might combine. Gorn is certainly the premier ruckman, and I, I think the what we come to expect from Brodie Grundy is going to be the cameo rather than the main event. Mm. I guess Ben Brown was the late out as well. It's just. Yeah, I don't know. I suppose if you take if you take the key defender, the key forward, and the ruck out, yeah, you start there's, there's enough you there are to put be back in. Right, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I still think their best is you know is pretty good uh, when it's when it all lines up. But you know, it's round five, and who knows what teams are going to look like in ten or twelve weeks. And this is the great unknown, and you can only take it on what what's in front of you right now. And rather than 
sort of lament what Melbourne dished up today. I, I think you'd be doing Essendon a disservice yeah, today I, I if we didn't focus on what Essendon did yep. today because I think they were the story out of this one more than more than Melbourne. And it's really easy to say, oh, they haven't played anyone. Oh, they were lucky yeah, against yeah. Melbourne. Melbourne yeah. didn't play very well. And all of a sudden, it's 4-1. and one. Same with St Kilda. St Kilda That's just right. continue to roll on there. They're, uh, they're playing really good footy. But it gets to a stage. Once they get to six or seven or eight or nine, and That's they've right. played you know, more than half the teams in the competition, it's not fluke. And it's, you know, the belief starts to come. And I've been involved in that before where, you know, you can, you can start the season not knowing how it's going to unfold and, and what to expect. And you're hoping for the best. But then you start to play well and you get that belief. And you can sense the penny drop with Adelaide the last three weeks. Yeah. They're a very different proposition to the side that Richmond beat in round two comfortably and yep. the GWS Giants beat in round one. So they're starting to get belief. And I sense that today, games like today and, and also games like Thursday night, when you start to beat quality opposition, that yep. really builds the belief. So that's why I'm really looking forward to the, now the St Kilda-Collingwood game yep. coming up because yep. they have the opportunity to test themselves against the best. And if they stand up in that stern test, well, they too will have great belief. If, if Collingwood happened to win, then Anzac Day is going to be two teams at four and one. It'll probably be first versus third or second versus third. Or... It's been a little while since that's happened. It's going to be big. It's even a scenario which is first versus second, yeah, I suppose. It's going to be big irrespective of what happens tomorrow. The, the game coming up after us, and there'll be plenty of time for those calling the game after us to talk about it, but there's another two teams that if you know, we get to the end of the season and, and they're playing in the second week of the final lot, Anyone's going to be terribly surprised if the Western Bulldogs and Port Adelaide's best at the end of all at the end of the day is good enough to fix. Are you not quite so convinced? Well, well, I, I was a big G for Port Adelaide at the start of the year, but I was a bit shaken by their preseason, and then I tried to stick fat, and then the Collingwood game unfolded, yeah, and I was yep, shaky yep. again, and then Adelaide beat them. But we were discussing this on crunch time this morning. Their form line's not too bad. They've lost two games. They've lost to Collingwood at the MCG and Adelaide. Who, who played Carlton and, and touched them up. And Port Adelaide were actually in front 12 minutes into yeah. the last quarter in that match. So, yeah. and, and the two teams they've beaten, they've beaten Sydney and Sydney, and they've beaten Brisbane. So they've beaten two pretty good teams. So, yeah, look, the jury's still out, but I like what they're doing in the midfield. Rosie's a, an All-Australian midfielder and a star with his best footy still in front of him. Butters was better last week in the midfield. And Horn Francis just shows glimpses that he's going to be a really good player. So Such an interesting player. Just got... They've still got some issues in defence. They're short in defence. Tom Jonas is not playing tonight. Ryan Burton comes back in, which helps. I'm not sure the ruck setup is perfect as well. Why set really hasn't uh, got yeah, back to his best yeah. form. I was surprised tonight with the weather forecast. I thought they might go with Finlayson and Charlie Dixon as the two ruckmen and, and maybe play a smaller player. Just not sure they've made a late change, but... I, wouldn't have thought that would have been the worst idea yeah, okay. in these conditions, but um, we'll wait and see. Let's savour the Bombers win down in the Essendon rooms. Like they meant it, 27 point winners. Here's Sam Draper with Mark Rusciuto on Fox Footy. With Sam Draper. Sammy, how good was that in Adelaide? Oh, mate, that's such a good win. That was uh, really hard work and oh, really proud of these boys. They're a good team, Melbourne, so yeah, happy. Might have been the best win of your career, do you think? Yeah, potentially, yeah. Happy uh, to get it in front of my 
friends and family up there. Had about 50 uh, people from Old Brunella come down. So, yeah, really happy. They were the most proudest uh, people in the in the crowd as well. When you pointed to them a few times, they were loving it. Yeah, I had to make it known that they were there. But, uh, yeah, absolutely love playing here. And, uh, yeah, it's a great concept. So hopefully it stays for the future. It's been a good vibe around town. You've been getting out and about. Uh, a little bit? No, no, not yet. Maybe I've got the weekend off, so I'll be here for the weekend. But, uh, yeah, happy, happy to be here. Three goals in the first half. You would have been pumped with that. A few good marks up forward. Yeah, I've never kicked more than two, so I was happy to break it and get the three. But, um, yeah, re really proud to do it in Adelaide in front of my friends and family. Now, the Ranella Wine Flies. Tell us about that. It's, a, it's an interesting footy club name. Where does the Wine Flies come from? Yeah, it's probably the best team name and the best team song there is. But, uh, yeah, it's down in uh, South Adelaide, the wine region. And, uh, yeah, the wine flies are pretty... Uh it's a weird name, but yeah, we love it down there. Now, you're not the best kick in the comp. Don't take that as a, uh, a negative, but you decided to have a goal-kicking competition with Eddie Betts pre-game. How did that go? That's going to be on Fox a little bit later on. Yeah, Eddie was uh, showing me how to kick goal the year again from his pocket, uh, but yeah, I've got a bit of work to do there, but um, yeah, hopefully I get another one. All right, well, hopefully you can enjoy Adelaide for uh, after a great win. Well done. All the best for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Sam Draper, who kicked three goals in Essendon's 27-point win over Melbourne uh, on there on Fox Footy. So 50 family and friends. Andy, uh, that was about... Yeah, we yeah. underestimated. <laughs> we said 30, but 50 it was. So the Ranella wine flies. How about that? Have you heard of them before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got the Port Nalunga cockle divers that's the, that's <laughs> just the up better, the road. That's the better name, I reckon. <laughs> that's Fitzy's old club. It is indeed. Yeah, yeah Andrew Jarman coaching the cockle divers this year. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So oh, there you go. <laughs> Met a few of the cockle divers the other night. They turned up en masse in the McGarry room, and they were the last ones standing at the end of the festivities on Wednesday night. So... Good fellas, the cockle divers. Yes, be indeed. a certain type, Jared, to be a cockle oh, diver. I bet you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like um, um, selective enrolment at certain schools. <laughs> well, he said a few of them were lucky enough to be out on day release. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nice bracelets. <didn't> they? <laughs> uh, the subs for the late game are through, so no change to either Port or the Bulldogs. Jackson Mead is the sub for the Power, and Toby McLean is the sub for the Bulldogs. Shall we work through some of our categories and what transpires? <laughs> yes, indeed. I'll, I'll see how we go. I might need some help, boys, yeah, but yeah, no we'll, we'll, we'll see how we go. Job. A crucial moment for New Farm, Australian through and through. Oh, I think the crucial moment for me in the match was, was the third quarter. Um, they went into halftime with a 17-point lead, and you felt like Simon Goodwin is going to recast this side. He's going to talk to his players, and they're going to come out with something different. And they did come out with some vigour and some vim in Melbourne, but then... They were just able to steady, and it was uh, Stringer kicked the first goal of the third quarter, and then they went on to kick the next two as well. So three goals in the quarter held Melbourne goalless. You go in at three-quarter time. The rain had arrived, 36 points. That, to me, was the moment that they, uh, the real belief started to happen. The tackler or tackler of the game for Toro. Count on Toro to get the job done. Well, Zach Merritt, I, I like, you know, we... We don't think Zach Merritt tackling it hasn't been his go, but he was uh, prolific with his tackling today. Seven tackles and was one of Essendon's better players. He, he gets the ball on the outside, he, but he actually worked pretty hard on the inside tonight. So seven tackles for him was a really good return. Christian Petrarca had 11 as well, but I'm going to go with the winning skipper in uh, Zach Merritt. Play of the day for Mildura Regional Development. A magical experience awaits in Mildura. Visit mildura.com.au. This was the uh, the play on here where Dylan Shule went with the big torpedo. It hit the deck and then it was uh, was flung out inside or just 
out towards Jake Stringer. He couldn't take control, but as it bobbled up, he put one hand out and oh, he hit yeah. it with his other one yeah, and yeah, yeah. got it into the path of Nick Martin, who then volleyed it out of midair. It was, it was like the Harlem Globetrotters almost. And this was in pelting rain when the game was still in the balance. And it was, I think you called it party time when that yes. happened. And the, if you're a Bombers fan and you were here and you were saturated, you would have really enjoyed that. It would have been worth the wait. Yeah, there was some outrageous stuff going on there. Toughest player for Hard Yakka, legendary gear. Well, I think we just heard him, Sam Draper, who did some really good work in the first first half, but there was a big clash that we talked about at yeah. half-time, and he just came running through, and he dropped his shoulder, and uh, and who was the player? Tom McDonald, it was. Uh, Adam Tomlinson. Adam Tomlinson, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah got, got half the right, got the Tom bit right, but uh, and, and really, it rattled him in, in terms of, he, he took the hit, and he was a little bit shaken, but at the same time, he, he didn't put it the point of the shoulder through the head yep. or the neck yep. or anything like that. He kept it really low and picked him up off the deck afterwards. But it was a big, tough hit, and everyone escaped uh, unhurt, which uh, is what we want. A shout-out to Brandon Zerk Thatcher, who pushed through that ankle injury. Oh, yeah. So you, what, that's a, another form of toughness, isn't it, to come out clearly a bit rattled and, uh, and injured and play through. They've got a couple of injured players at the end of this. So, so Spargo's got to have the... H.I. and Harry Jones is listed as injured. He came off with that leg injury third quarter, was it, or early last? Maybe early last. Yeah, so they got when Hine yeah. uh, came yeah, onto the ground. Right. Hard yakka for a new breed of legends. Unmissable moment for Drinkwise. Choose to Drinkwise. You won't miss a moment if you drink wise. The Kyle Langford goal. Oh, yes. How could I forget that? Is that, that the one? <laughs> most definitely. That was unmissable. You called it Jared is one of the, the best goals you've seen in that pocket. And I tell you, that pocket has seen some good ones. Yes, it has. The degree of difficulty was tough because he kicked the check side and he needed to get some purchase. But the ground was wet. Yep. He was skidding. He'd already beaten uh, his opponent. And, Stephen and May got, beat him one-on-one. On one. Yeah, yep. May out of off balance and over the line, came back to the footy, then took two steps and got hit just as he kicked it, but it didn't affect the kick and, uh, and dribbled through. Really good goal at a really important time. The big moment for Bendix. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix breaks. So who was the... Was the um, who kicked the first goal to break Melbourne's run? Andy, in the, Draper, that was Draper in, the, in the third. Well, in the no, second quarter, it was Jones. Jones. Second. Yes. Yeah, that was it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so Jones kicked that. That was at the 14-minute mark of the second quarter. So before that, Melbourne kicked the one after the siren at the 31-minute mark of the first quarter. They That's then right. kicked the first three. And this is what you mentioned a couple of times, Andy, around... In previous games, three would have become four, five, six, and seven, but they're able to stop that. And uh, they then went on to kick the next four. In actual fact, they kicked the next seven in a row in, in yeah. the match. So that was really important. So uh, Jones, Phillips, Langford, Draper, the last four goal kickers in that second quarter, influential in the uh, the outcome of that game. May I do the Amy Clanger? Oh, it's all yours, Who covers Clangers on, on the field? All yours. Amy does. <laughs> so our, bless his soul, our goal umpire at the Riverbank stand end watches a kick from Harrison Jones go up into orbit. Like, it, it's almost touching the <laughs> the roof walkers. It goes so high. It's absurdly high. It, it's a, He hit the belly of the ball. And our goal umpire is directly under the post looking up. And he decides to go to goal review, to score review. Yes. And so... What I like about our goal umpire is he doesn't watch television. And I think it's very rare you come across someone in modern life who doesn't watch television. He's never seen how this works before. When the ball is that high, right. they couldn't even you've find had an your, angle you've had your with the ball in the same <laughs> shot as the posts. 
That really, you can't be sending that to Rufus. Can I just say, there's a new, there's a new candidate for the toughest player of the day. We've got the Veronicas and, out on the ground. That is the Veronicas. Yeah. They, they have walked out with barely a thread on. It is hosing down. It's about eight degrees. They're doing it without their band and their stand, but they're going to perform nonetheless. This is this is this is three votes worthy sort of stuff. This is music's equivalent of bareback. We're just let's take everything away. Perfect. We're just going to walk out and do it. And they are barebacked. They're hardly wearing any clothes. So God love them. Well done. <laughs> Oh, I thought it might have been the Australian-made smart play, but I reckon well, it's the, anti- the anti-smart play. <laughs> no, this is outstanding. <laughs> smart play for Australian-made. Look for the logo. Be sure it's Aussie. So, they, Essendon's capacity to get both Ruckman at the same contest with Grundy. So mm. Grundy would be engaged with Draper and Phillips would get across the front. This was clearly something that they'd drawn up. They did it on the wing. They did it up forward. But the number... Usually we say, get, just don't be near each other. They clearly decided to have the second Ruckman arrive at the same pack yep. that Draper was yeah. in. Yep. And, and the other thing they did as well, when the rain came, we talked about who's going to adjust better. Clearly, the Bombers adjusted better. I thought it was a really good move by Brad Scott. He made sure they had even numbers ahead of the footy. You just know, you don't have time to finish. You don't have time to maintain possession and find it. Just get it 50 metres down the field, and then we'll get a contest down there. Now, if you've got six versus six ahead of the footy, you can do that. Yep. If you haven't, you're just giving it back to the opposition, and inevitably it comes back. And I just felt like Melbourne continued to play with the spare and try and build from down back, whereas Essendon said, no, we're not giving you that spare. We're going to uh, we're going to try and keep even numbers. Support Aussie-made products. Power play rankings for Red Energy. Switch to Red Energy. Just Go. looking at um, some of the, the highest-ranked players on the field. Zach Merritt had a stack of the footy. Jack Viney was great as well. Clayton Oliver and Christopher Traka got really busy in the last quarter when they found lots and lots of the footy. But uh, Zach Merritt, for mine, wins that one. Uh, For Red Energy, for 100% Australian-owned electricity and gas. The mark of the day for Flight Centre, your real deal centre. Wasn't a day for high marks, was it? I think it might might have been early on. There's a couple of marks inside forward 50, whether it was uh, Phillips, I think, took one. Yeah, yeah. I guess once the uh, the rain really arrived, it was bucketing down. I don't really remember too many high marks. So, yeah, I'm not sure who we go with there. Who ran the most kilometres today? They'll need a good night's sleep for the original Mattress Factory. Upgrade your sleep game online or in-store today. Well, no surprise. Ed Langdon, he probably uh, features fairly heavily in this week. most weeks. Yep. But 16.7 kilometres for Ed Langdon. Uh, Dyson Heppel and Jai Caldwell were the next two best on the ground. MEGT Rookie of the Day, Need Apprentices, talk to MEGT. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, that Essendon had so many rookies, but Judd McVeigh, we, you mentioned it's him a couple of times, just yeah. looked really calm down back, and obviously it was it was, uh, it was tough work for all the defenders for Melbourne because they saw a fair bit of footy and they were under the pump, but just like the cut of his jib, and of course uh, Jacob Van Royen, who's playing um, his fifth game as well, it wasn't a day for big forwards, he competed. Kick one goal, but, yeah, tough day for the for young Demon rookies. Let MEGT help you find the best workforce talents. And that brings us to the votes for the AFL Nation Player of the Year for Whirlpool, your leader in kitchen and laundry appliances. Yeah, look, I found it really difficult to, to give the votes today because I just felt like Essendon had lots of good players and they had players that came in and out. It was a really even team performance. But, look, I guess... 
I don't know. Who did you? I, I, I've got the first and second best players on the ground. So you haven't found a BOG? I've got a BOG oh, okay, and I've right got on. a second best. All right. I just struggled for the third best. So I'll just show you. These are the, the two guys here. Uh, okay, right. I'm, I'm probably going to go with Darcy Parrish. Uh, the reason being, he was the most prolific player in the first half. And I thought that was when the game was hot and it was in the balance. thought he did well. He had 20 disposals up to half time. Drifted out a, a little bit in, in the last half. But I felt like when the whips were cracking, he was really important. Um, his kicking had a couple of kicks that found the target inside forward 50. So I've gone one vote to uh, Darcy Parrish. Two votes to Jack Viney. I thought Jack Viney was excellent for the Melbourne Footy Club. 27 disposals, uh, had a, seven tackles, lots of contested ones. A, a lot of times when certain players for Melbourne were fumbly, they weren't certain about how they were going to go about it. He's just one player who was clean. He, he was moved tough. forward, yeah. kicked the goal as well and tried to inspire his team. So a typical Jack Viney game from him. And I gave three votes to the skipper of the, the Bombers. That was Zach Merritt. Had a really good game. 35 disposals, 18 kicks, 17 handballs, 7 tackles, 4 clearances um, and just felt that he was, every time that, that uh, he had his hands on the footy, he was either using it really well. If he didn't have it, he was working really hard. He was still directing. I saw him uh, talking to all, all his charges as well. He tackled hard. Just feel like he's he's been empowered by this role of captaincy and he's really leading from the front doing Maybe some of the, the more selfless things that we haven't known him for in the past. Great. So I was really impressed with his performance today. Three to Merritt, two to Viney, one to Parrish. Essendon, 27-point winners over Melbourne at Adelaide Oval. The post-game show is for La Cabra, home of the goat Mexican food. The goal of the game for Host Plus. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Bounces the ball up to the 50. Langford with the body work on May. Hancock hit of him. Langford outside of the boot. Slides it through. Oh. One of the great goals we've ever seen at the ground. 